0: And if you'll turn with me please to the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 1 please, Ephesians chapter 1. it's too warm this morning anybody too warm one or two too warm no everybody all right. one or two if you want to leave the door open for a moment and let a bit of air in please yes and then if it gets too cold somebody please get up and close it again if you're too cold sitting beside it thank you will you turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6 please Verse 10. And when we're reading this, I have quite a lot of scripture, but I'm going to take my time this morning and do things slowly and get the point across. Um, And probably next Sunday morning as well. We'll see how the Lord leads on it. I'd mentioned to the prayer meeting a few weeks ago, the Lord had led me to speak in spiritual matters and to give. to give you this, uh, these uh, these experiences, if you want, that in the spirit which I have, and Alison has even come across, in in the spiritual realm, feel sometimes the church thinks God, the Holy Spirit just convicts and He just uh, He just quickens us to salvation, and then it's as if He's done with us then, and He lives in us, but that's about the height of it. And that's not true at all. So we want to look at these things. And if, if, if you've been taught that or told that or believe that, I promise you this is not to try and get at you. But I want to tell you why I believe that the Spirit of God, is alive. He lives in us. And sometimes the church can be religiously dead. And not only religiously dead, it can be that, on the other hand, it can be. It can go into hyper-charismatic worship where people just go mad at it and they think it's the spirit doing crazy stuff like, you know, rolling around floors and barking like dogs and stuff like that. He doesn't empower doesn't do those things. He does empower and gift the people in his church but he does not do those things i want to make a balance here but i want to tell you some of the things before i was saved and after but i want to teach the scriptures as well in areas so let's read ephesians please chapter 6 and verse 10 paul writes finally my brethren be strong in the lord and in the power of his might Put on the whole armour of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The word wiles there is, is the word methodia. It's where we get our word method, the methodology of the devil. So there's a spiritual spiritual world. If you ask the Christian, are they do they believe in a devil? the answer will be, Oh yes, absolutely. He's a spiritual being. Do you believe in evil spirits? Absolutely, yes. So They they are evil beings. But yet, they believe that they can possess the unsaved and oppress the believer. Notice I didn't say possess the believer because when the spirit goes in, the devil goes out. And he can work on people. Not just the devil himself because he isn't he is not omnipresent. He is not omnipresent. He is not omniscient. And he's not omnipotent. Only our Heavenly Father is. Only God Himself is. But are there people who are believers who are under oppression? Absolutely, yes. And they allow the devil to use them at times, but not possessed. It's a big thing going around church today, casting out demons out of Christians. Listen, if you're saved, the devil goes out when the Lord comes in. I want you to realize that. The devil goes out when the Lord comes in. And the method or the wiles of the devil is where we get the word methodia. And it actually gives the idea of deceit Of the devil. How he deceives the Christian. This is the Christian now. The unsaved are already under the devil's realm. They're already under his power. And authority and control. Even though they don't realize it. But there's a spiritual world. That's what I want to try and bring. For We'll see how the Lord leads the church. Because as the church. We need to understand. There's a spiritual battle going on. Listen the last couple of years we've come through with all that's happened in the world, it's been a spiritual battle and many haven't seen it. They haven't realized that there's been a spiritual war going on. Especially with the, the satanic elitists worshiping their, their devil gods. And there's been a spiritual battle going on even from me, I sat down to write this. A few days ago, I was alright when I was thinking about it, but once I started to read it and write it, the things going off in my head have been, well, attack after attack. Alison would have said to me, Are you alright? What's wrong with you? And I just went, I'm alright. I'm okay. What's wrong with you? I, I'm deep in thought. She says, no, I know you but now. Deep in thought because of the, the attack that's been coming. And so, Not to fear nor frighten. What I want to do is to show you that that your saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ, believer, your saviour is in supreme and sovereign authority. Now. Right now. Your saviour still rules and reigns and is sitting on the throne. Paul says that we are Put on the whole armor of God that we may stand against the wiles of the devil. Notice, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places, high high ranking spirits with high ranking people. I remember one time a pastor went, he was telling me afterwards, he went to Disrupt a coven where these uh, if you want witches and warlocks met up to these satanic worshippers met in a a certain area in Belfast in in a field and he went and he was expecting for his first time to go here all they were doing was going to sing worship the Lord and pray against it and as they gathered together He said he didn't realize there were people driving up. He thought it was going to be everyone dressed in gothic clothes and everyone with black eyeliner on and, no the ears pierced and the nose and all the sort of stuff that you and I would just want to give to them. And it wasn't like that at all. It ended up that they found out these people were policemen, doctors, They were solicitors. Just looking normal. That I don't mean that the others are abnormal in the sense, but the dress. Not standing out any more than anyone else. And he said when they prayed and they worshipped and there was a lot of aggression against them from these professional people. And the police came. But they couldn't operate and they couldn't work and they couldn't sacrifice and they couldn't pray or whatever they do. You know why? Because God's people were there taking over the land, taking charge in the authority of Christ. Paul tells us, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Then he tells us, to put on the whole armor and what that armor is. We don't want to go into that this morning. Turn with me to chapter 1, please, Ephesians 1. Just want to lift a verse or two out here. Verse 21, speaking of Christ who is far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world but also in that which is to come and hath put all things under his feet, And gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body in the fullness of him that filleth all and all. Now let's pray. Father, we ask you that you would cover this people. Cover everyone here, everyone watching, everyone listening. Cover the children and the wee ones and the crash, and the children and the teachers and the leaders and those who look after them all in the polytunnel too. Lord, we pray that you would cover this area, these families with the precious blood of Christ. We pray, O oh God, that you would put a hedge of protection around them and a wall of fire. May thy hand be upon them, Father, for good things. We pray, O oh Lord, that you would take any distracting thought or opposing spirit that would come against your word And bind it under the authority of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father to that end we pray that you would make alive and waken up your people. Lord those who maybe have not heard these things before nor come across them we pray. Lord that you would give us all a Lord understanding of them. That the glory of Christ might be known and all that he has done. And all that he has accomplished for us at Calvary and the rising from the dead. We well, thank you that there's a man in the glory who's praying for us. And so, Father, we pray in Jesus' name, Lord, that you, the Lord, would be glorified in this meeting today. For his name's sake, we ask it. Amen. You know, brothers and sisters, I think many of us, we so we're carnal, we're human beings. And because we're carnal, we're, we're human beings, being Christians, the Holy Spirit who lives in us, There's a a war goes on between the flesh and the spirit. Now if we talk about the Holy Spirit, the Christian goes, absolutely, amen, we believe. So it's spiritual. But many of us just see natural. Many of us just look at the natural, the problem, not the greatness of God with us and in us. But we see the natural. And hence whenever we think of the the disciples out on the ship on the boat in the midst of the Sea of Galilee and the wind and the waves gather up and the storm comes and you know, they, they are thinking they're going to sink and looking out to sea in the darkness they cry out because it says they saw a spirit and the word there would be phantasma for spirit and that word phantasma really uh, gives the idea of a spirit from the occultic realm A demon spirit in other words. And yet it wasn't. It was the Christ himself, the saviour, walking on the water. And hence we have to... It's time that we had our minds renewed according to the word of God. Because the, 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 the one who came walking, the Lord Jesus Christ... How is it that they seen as it were, or thought as it were, and I understand their vision would be bad at night and in the middle of a storm with all their feelings and fears that they could think something bad, but rather they see a spirit can reach them. Uh, the devil, as it were, uh, in this form, in this and, and a spirit can reach them, but the Lord can't. And sometimes we think how things are going wrong or hard or difficult. And the devil sometimes gets the blame and he isn't even anything to do with it. And sometimes then on the other side we think it's always the devil. As if the devil, the devil. Listen. The Lord is still on the throne. The Lord is still in charge. And that's what we want to look at. Sometimes we think and we give up because we see too much of the devil and not enough of the Lord Jesus. We see too much of a so-called future antichrist and a mark of a beast rather than looking to the Lord Jesus Christ and his name written in our foreheads. In other words, in our minds. So what we want to look at, you see, is there's a spiritual realm. There's a spiritual world. The Bible is full of The things of spiritual realm. We have angels, we have archangels, we have seraphims and cherubims and and they're all lovely and we can go, isn't that wonderful? But it speaks of people who are possessed with the devil. It speaks of illnesses that we would put another name on today which are demonic. It speaks of many things to do with the whole spiritual realm. But brothers and sisters, throughout the whole lot of it, through it all of it. I read in scripture how our God, our Father, our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, that he is always in control of it. It doesn't take him by surprise. It doesn't just creep up upon him. And so the things that we think are coming against us, sometimes we think God has been surprised by them. And that's, that couldn't be further from the truth. God is never taken by surprise. And he's always in charge because he's sovereign over all things. For example, in John chapter 4, and we have the Lord Jesus must needs go through Samaria. And he meets a woman at the well. We know the story of the woman with all the whole list of husbands. And she's with another man. And and, and we we read how the Lord asks her for a drink. And she's numb to draw with. And the dialogue comes about spirituality and about worship. And there they talk about the, the well of Jacob's well here. And she worships in the, up the hillsides in the groves. It says that the Jews there, or Judah would have worshiped in T- Jerusalem in the temple. And he says the hour cometh and now is when you're not worshiping the groves nor in the temple but the Lord Jesus says in John four and twenty-four, and she tells him God is a spirit. Spiritual. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Now, when I just written I just written that one verse down there to remind me of this. And when I was sitting writing this, I thought I'd already most of that page written of things that I wanted to do and trying to dissect the Word of God where we were going to go with it, and at the top I went back again and I wrote John four, verse twenty four. And I'll tell you why, because worship is important. Learning to worship in the Spirit is important. But it's also important that as you worship in the spirit, you do it in the truth of the word of God. Not only who you worship, but how you worship. Not only who you worship, but how you worship. Look, people worship all the time and they don't realize it. In other words, they hold in high esteem many people and places and things. In high esteem, it takes their heart. In other words, it takes a first place in their lives. And it's not according to the word of God. So they neither worship in spirit as to the word, nor in truth as to the word. It can be in religion. Brothers and sisters, Paul uses this little line. Uses this little thought. And he says... Neither give place to the devil. So when I, before I was saved, I don't want to go into it too much, but I was, my life fell uh, uh, to the point where I wasn't drinking drugs as much as I could take, as many days as I could get it but if you've been anywhere near that world and in all honesty now looking back you think of how I actually worshipped a DJ I worshipped another spirit that he was promoting so brothers and sisters take Take this thought and think about it for yourselves and for your children. Take this thought. The music that you hear everyone thinks it has to be the heavy metal, you know, the that real grungy that's all satanic. Some of the most softest music you know is geared towards the worship of the heart for the devil. And let me tell you, when you used to be on drugs, your spirit opens up. Your inhibitions go, your spirit opens up, and you get this rush of emotion. And when the music, that music, the the dance music especially, it is geared. It is written. It is manufactured. For if you're on drugs, to work to you on the drugs, and you start opening up yourself. Next thing you know, your, your inhibitions go that much. Some of the women have very little clothes on. The men would be stripped of the waist. And then they're standing at a DJ as if they are at the altar. And then they're like this, literally, wanting more from the DJ. And when certain beats hit, Gary, you know this well. Gary used to be a DJ. he done it. When certain beats hit, and it hits where the drugs are, it hits where the emotion is, suddenly you take off in another spirit. And that spirit latches on to the man or the woman, the young person's heart and soul. It's an evil spirit, it's a demonic spirit, and it'll capture you and destroy you. You know, in the Bible in Galatians 5 and 20, in Revelation 9 and 21, and in Revelation 18 and 23, it talks about, the Bible talks about sorceries, talks about wizards and soothsayers and witchcraft. And the New Testament word for witchcraft is this. pharmacia, And it's where we get our word pharmacy from. Now I want to be careful here because there was a lot put out there to do with the, the, the jobs and all that sort of stuff. And they were putting it that, that the word was deceived by pharmacia by the jobs. And I understand what people mean by that. But listen. That means then we can't take a headache tablet. Or if you have cancer, you can't take any chemotherapy. But more to the point, pharmachia means an enchantment with drugs. Now when I was in the nightclubs, I was on an enchantment with drugs. The Bible said that I was under witchcraft. And a few words. so were you. And by the way, alcohol's a drug. And if you're under the influence of alcohol, people say, only take one. Well, why take one if you can get rid of it? If you're under the influence of alcohol, you're under the influence of witchcraft. The Bible also mentions that Israel... We're not to do these things. Leviticus chapter 19, please. Leviticus chapter 19. I just want to lift a verse just to show you this is in the Word of God. Verse 31. Listen to the Word of the Lord. Regard not them that have familiar spirits, neither seek after wizards to be defiled by them. I am the Lord your God. I am the Lord your God. Go with me to Isaiah chapter 8, please. Isaiah chapter 8. And that's your eye run down, please, the verse... 18, Isaiah 8, verse 18. Behold, I and the children whom the Lord hath given me are for signs and wonders in Israel, from the Lord of hosts which dwelleth in Mount Zion. And when they shall say unto you, Seek unto them that have familiar spirits, and unto wizards that peep and that mutter, should not a people seek unto their God for the living, to the dead, to the law, and to the testimony? If they speak not according to this word, this is because there is no light in them. My brothers and sisters, sweeping the land at the moment is a lot of this wokeness sweeping the world. It's wokeness. And in that is another spirit. The Lord said in his word, Pardon me. I thought it was a bit low. The Lord said in his word. The Lord says, why do my people not seek after me? But rather they seek after familiar spirits. Why is it people can believe to go to a palm reader? Why is it people can believe to go to someone who... Can try to tell them their future. Why is it you go to someone who tries to tell them. About their loved one that's passed on. And they can believe it. But they won't go to the living one. They won't go to God. Who actually is the author of life and death. How is it that we seek everyone and everything but the Lord? Alice and I, over the last week there, we weren't away anywhere, but we took a, a few hours out and drove here and there and back again. We went to Bangor. Tuesday, I think it was, wasn't it? We drove down to Bangor, parked the car. We walked out to where the picky pool used to be there, where the big swans are, and back again. And there were these Looked like a market stalls. I said, "Come over to have a look around this wee market." And we walked in. And we heard this music, and then we looked around, and everything was New Age. Even the people who looked like they were just dressed ordinary, not your normal New Age sort of look. Everything was new. The people were flocking to it, and to those that were sitting, you know what they were doing? They were sitting on the grass with their children. With their little ones, taking it all in. So we walked in and went up around. We had enough. We just walked back out again. And when we walked over the other side of the road, there's a bit of a fun firm. We just done a diversion around it, not to walk through it. And there was a lovely big articulated lorry you opened at the side of the faith mission. I praise God. And there was nobody at it. There was nobody at it. The Lord says they're seeking after. I said, Allison, this is the spirit of the age. This is the spirit of the age. And the people, the church, our people, I said, I need to tell them about these things. I need to tell them about the reality of the spiritual warfare that's going on and how your prayers matter. When we gather together, your attendance matters when we bring the loss for the gospel, you're bringing matters. Because, brothers and sisters, we're living in an age that is wicked and vile. I said to Allison, Alison, the longer I'm living on this planet, the less I want to be on it. You see, people will go and they will go to these people who will say they're talking to their granny and their grandda and whoever else and uncle Bob and now brothers and sisters I honestly don't want to hurt anyone but I'm going to tell you stay away from them stay away from them that is not your relative that is a lying spirit do you hear me Oh, but they're able to tell me things. Listen, of course they're in a spiritual world. It's a lying spirit. It's a demonic spirit. Look, my I think the devil would stirring his tent up on purpose, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? Praise the Lord. my great-grandfather founded founded the first spiritist church in Belfast my great-grandfather founded the first spiritist church in Belfast as they call it and he died tormented in his mind as an old man I mean tormented he died tormented and yet two, three generations back from there I had a, a great, 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 whatever was a Baptist preacher. I'll oh, forgive him for being a Baptist like not a Pentecostal but Pentecostal wasn't out there then in that sense. First church was a Pentecostal church in Acts chapter 2. By the way, did you know that? This is not your relative. This is a demonic evil spirit. A familiar spirit. And the Lord says, stay away from these people. There's shops now in Belfast. Alison and I have walked past them a all many times. And they're, all their stuff they're promoting. All to do with Wiccan. And all to do with the occult. And all to do with the earth subjects. And stuff like that. All of it is there. And every time I go past it feel sorry for the people. And they're flocking to it because they know there's something else. They know there's something else but this world. They know it. And they're grasping and they don't realize what they're grasping. So When I was on the drink and drugs, those drugs was enchantment with drugs. I worshipped something else and that something else entered me. And my life, my life went to live in hell. I I turned into someone that I didn't know and nobody else could even recognize at times. Not only physically, spiritually mentally do you know it's not just the lack like of enchantment with drugs that is classed as witchcraft in the Bible do you know that rebellion against God in other words, not even doing as God has said Saul I spoke about it a little last week when Saul was told to slay all the Amalekites and he he, he, he went in and he he kept, because he thought he knew better than God, he kept Agag, the king of the Amalekites, and uh, some of the cream of his, his flock. And he thought, sure, look at I've got. He's got his own prisoners. Making him feel big about it. Making him feel good about it. And Samuel the prophet comes to him. And he says to Agag, because you didn't do exactly as God had said to do, listen to what he said. He says that your sin or your rebellion... Is as the sin, as the sin of witchcraft. Imagine that your rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Enchantment with drugs is as the sin of witchcraft. Now rebellion against God is as the sin of witchcraft. And then the Lord says as well that idolatry is as witchcraft. And Lord, what do we hold dear in our hearts before Christ? Who do we hold dear? Rather than Christ, and, and is it even a form of religion? It's, a, it's an idolatrous practice. I wonder what people do they realize the, the spiritual world, the, the, battle, the battle that's going on, as it were, in the heavenlies and around this world. And yet, brothers and sisters, people play, make, he learn, and mess about with the things of God, take or leave Him. You take or leave Christ? I want to tell you this. I'm going to close. and Go back into it, God willing, next week. I've had to relive some of these things. And I don't like to talk about them, but I've had to relive some of them. Months, coming up the months before I was saved and I can't, I can't begin to tell you the, the way my life had changed, F- for the worse. I mean, big times changed. I can't go into it. I don't want to go into it. I don't want to give any credence to it. But I want to tell you this. I used to have to sofa surf. Who knows what sofa surfing is? A few. When you have no house and nowhere to live, you look to surf on someone's sofa for the night. Stayed in a Doss house. Just a party house. Wooden floorboards in the back room. No carpet. And I don't know whether it was off. I don't know what it was off. It was a mattress maybe three inches thick. No pillows. No blankets. And I slept there for months. And one night, I'm lying in this bed. I couldn't hear anything, I couldn't see anything, I couldn't smell anything, but I felt and realized from, as I can only explain it, from downstairs was a demon presence, a dark presence. And the rain was beating on the window. It's as if the wind was. Turning the rain and smashing it against the window. I want to be careful what I say. So, all I could feel, couldn't hear anything, was this coming closer up the stairs. Closer and closer, coming up and up. I knew it was on the landing. Door didn't open, nothing happened. It just stepped into the room. Stepped into the room. Couldn't see it. I knew it was there. I can't explain it. But I was petrified. Absolutely terrified. As I'm lying on my back, this thing. I tried to lie actually on my, my front, but I was creeped out and I couldn't and I lay on my back and this thing hovered over me I could feel it hovering, it was there and suddenly it entered into me and lifted me out of myself and I seen myself land on the bed, I thought I'd just died and I was being taken to hell I was being taken to hell, I lifted right out of myself, it was like as though somebody grabbed me by the pails only in the spirit and lifted me out and I could see the room, startling myself Now, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. There was no Christianity in our home. No church, really. My mom went sometimes, but we weren't saved. I was the first person saved in our family. And here's what happened. For some reason, I cried, Oh, God, please help me. Like that, I was back in my body again. Shaking, sweating. The rain against the window had stopped. And I sat up and I thought no, I ain't going mad. This couldn't be right. This can't be right. The presence wasn't there. can't be right. It can't be right. Back again. And it never left me for about three or four months. It drove me mad. I started hearing voices in my head. Go kill yourself. Sure all this will be over. See your torment? It's finished standing up on roofs, going to jump off them, hearing voices in my head. And every now and again, a still small voice said to me, step back, step back, don't do this. It's happened for quite a while. I was demented. I went right down into the pub the next day. That happened. Sat in Crusader's Social Club. And I was there with two friends. And I thought, I'd tell them this or did I not? And I told them it. You know, they're unsaved sitting here drinking with me. You know what they said? They were petrified. You need to go to church. <laughs> Listen, church wasn't going to be any good for me. But I knew what they meant. And I said, there's no chance. I'll be. And that carried on for three to four months until the weekend I got saved. I was in court on the Friday. I got in trouble in the court and I was arrested and then released later. Into the Saturday, drinking Friday, into the Saturday, sat in the chabines, went on out again into the clubs. And I was sitting in a party early Sunday morning after getting into trouble again in Belfast City Centre into a fight. It was these four girls sitting on a settee, all squashed up drinking here Ken, do you know such and such they became good living, they said I said, I heard I heard, yeah no. know for some reason would you ever think about coming good living, Ken and the veil that came out of my mouth about the saviour I mean the vileness. sun was shining and I went out with my brother walked up, he went was going down to where he lived and I was going to finish my life that time. That morning, I, I, it's not that I didn't want to live. I did. I just couldn't. I didn't know how to anymore. I had no strength even to live. Whatever this is, and whatever it was, this this evil demon had me in his grip. And I can't remember anything, but waking up on a friend's floor, face swollen, sick as a dog two Christians standing over me laying hands on me praying. And all I can remember was he's coming round. He's coming round. Can't really remember much. I'm honest with you. Margaret Nettie. Anderson. And look, this is as much as I can remember. They would know more because I just didn't know any. I can't remember much. And it says, will you come the church with us tonight. And I say, go to church, just get me an ambulance. You know, I think i I thought I died and was revived again. That's how I felt. And I don't know what happened. I don't know how it happened. Eddie picked me up and I ended up in church that Sunday night. And I heard of the Christ who died for me. Pastor McConnell preached about the obstacles God places on a sinner's road to hell. He started mentioning them, and my mind was like a filing cabinet showing me the. The Lord was showing me all these people, and my only help, my only hope, and my only deliverance would be in Christ alone. So, I heard how He died for me, and Pastor McCalm preached Christ. He says, "Here is the last obstacle. You will pass this obstacle. You can go out and do a lost eternity." And I remember hearing these voices in my head. Get up and get out. Get up and get out. Don't be stupid. Don't be mad. Racing round my head. Get up and get out. Telling me. Cursing and swearing and yelling and squealing. And he preached the blood. He preached the blood of Christ. He preached the finished work. He preached the loveliness of the son of God. And it's like as if I was before the cross, that's the only way I can put it. I was there. And I cried for mercy. Next thing, my heart starts pounding. My legs go weak. Sweat lashes out of me. Off my head, Long sort of o- oasis sort of style hair at the time. Sweat running off me. Running down my chin, everything. And I, Next thing, I couldn't stand up after the meeting. And I was kept falling down. And they lifted me up and they says, are You alright? And I says, No. And I started to cry. And all I could think of was my dad sees me crying, he'll kill me. I was brought up, man, don't cry. Men are strong, son. You know, trouble in the street, get out and fight. It's my dad. Somebody hit you. Get out and fight or don't come home. That's what we did. My will kill me. I remember I walked in, the wee man called Bobby, young. He had a wee card, he says, son, put your name there. Tell us where, what's your your address? I says, I don't have one. What's your phone number? I says, I don't have one. Well, where do you live? Where's your house? I says, I don't have one. He says, well, we're here if you need us, son. He prayed with me and I walked out and I heard the voice of Pastor McConnell saying, You walk out those doors tonight without Christ, you can walk out into a lost eternity. I remember stopping at the door, right at the threshold, nervous he sitting in the car waiting on me to pick me up. If you walk out of those doors, different voice. Something in me told me that not tonight. I was saved. I was saved. I didn't know what had happened, but I knew something had happened, and I was saved. And that night I went, and I had in the bed to lie on; I lay on the floor. As I'm laying on the floor. Now, listen: you can believe this, or so you don't have to believe it. But I'm going to tell you as it happened. And there's more to come, God willing. Next week, we're going to move into different things. Here's what happened: I'm laying on the floor, and this nine-foot or so dark figure came and stood before me. Scared the wits out of me. I tried to turn around like this. And I looked like that, and there it was like that. And all I could think was and say out loud, Jesus, I meant it. Jesus, I meant it. Jesus, I meant it. I meant it, Jesus. I believe that I belong to you. Bang, and away it went. Away it went. Brothers and sisters, there's a word out here, that you can't see. Stay close to Christ. Do you hear me? It's too easy to go cold, and lethargic and lazy and backslidden. I'm saying this because I love you, and I mean that. I'm saying it because I'm concerned as a pastor for sheep and for your souls. Stay close to the Savior. Stay close to Him. Because if you don't stay close to Him, you're in danger. So, I wonder what some have allowed into their life. Idolatry of something over Christ. Or let me put it like this. Well, You may say, well what is that? It can be anything. Listen, we're in a world where they murder children in the womb. Do you think that's off another spirit? Or do you think that's of God? When some people in America, some ministers are now going and praying a blessing at these places. Do you think God understands when you're sitting stupefied and drink? And you claim the Savior's name. Do you think that's of God? Do you think it's of God when you have hatred and bitterness in your heart and you never release it and let it go? That's a that's a gateway, that's a that's an opening, that's a doorway given place to the devil to torment you. In other words, you'll torment others. He uses these things. Stay close to the Saviour. Keep yourselves in the love of God. I know Christ paid my debt, and it's all done and dusted. I understand that. But listen, and I know people are saying, you don't need to plead the blood anymore. Brothers and sisters, I plead the blood every day. Every day. But it's done. Yes, it is. But I just like to remind myself. Stay close to the Savior. Remember that he is in control. See, in the Lord's will, next week, Think of how we talk about certain things God done in the ministry. How He just turned up and met the needs. Talk about maybe if we get there next week, the baptism in the Spirit. What happened that day? Show you the. But I want to break down more of the scriptures to show you the the sovereignty of Christ. Look, He is head of all principalities and powers. Would you say head? Would you shout it out? He's the head. He's far above the scripture says. We'll look at it next week. Would you say far above? Come on, we'll let the devil hear you. Far above. Where's Christ? Far above. far above. And yet the church. I despair. I despair. See, from I got saved, have I failed all the time? Have I went wrong? Yes, many a time. But from I've got saved, I've been single-minded, focused. Whether I'm loved or whether I'm hated, I'm like Marmite. You either love me or hate me. But I've stayed focused for Christ setbacks and knockbacks and pulled down backbiting and destroyed I could have walked away but I cannot deny what has happened to me I can't deny where Christ lifted me out of what he's forgiven me of what he's rescued me from because I was there so I have to answer I will answer how I teach you I will answer for you. Not for your sin. But I will answer for you. And how I led you. Was I faithful as shepherd? Was I a faithful pastor? And I am conscious and I am aware that I will stand in a greater judgment than you if I'm not. I'm conscious of that. So how conscious are you, Christian, when you'll give an account before God and the judgment seat of Christ. The bema seat. A conscious eye of it.